and welcome to another edition of Durable Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and I have with me, as always, our co-host, Grant McGalliard. Grant, how are you this evening? I'm doing great, Parker. It is steak night in Bay City, Texas. A little reverse sear, little side Caesar salad. So, but things are looking up. School is almost over, so my summer is approaching. How about yourself? Well, the the important question there is: Did you did you use a cast iron skillet? Of course I did. Uh, reverse sear in the oven per J. Kenji Lopez Alt the God um, for about 22 minutes to 230. Plop it on the cast iron for 45 seconds aside with a little bit of butter, garlic, and thyme, and then plate up. It's not bad. Not bad. Um, yeah, we're doing, we're doing well here up in, uh, up in sunny Maine. Uh, I will say the, the out of towners are flooding in. And so I'm glad that we're, we're relocating soon because, uh, I just can't handle these damn tourists. Uh, yeah. Well, as a, as a local, are, are you a Mainite, uh, a Manian, I think a maniac. That's what they're called. I think, I, I think maniac is the technical term. Parker. <laughs> This is going to apply to no one that's listening to this. Parker and I were doing Seinfeld bits before this, and I almost just asked, "What's the deal with all these out of towners and Seinfeld boys?" But um, that that might be good audio. So I'm not doing my Seinfeld impression on air. I'm saving that for the comedy album. Um, yeah, no, uh, it, it's uh, I, I think Mainer is what people are actually calling it up here. But uh, my neighbor the other day told me uh, that we live on get the F off my lawn drive. And I was like, hell yeah, this is a, this is an aesthetic that I can subscribe to. Um, for those of you listening at home, uh, we, we don't have a guest tonight. We might not even have an agenda tonight. It's been a little while since Grant and I were on the mic and let it rip. And so that is what we're doing tonight is a little off season banter. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to talk about anything and everything, uh, from, from steak night to TCU football, but we've got a full slate of just kind of pressing, burning issues in our heads, and also some good questions submitted by you, our, our, our loyal listeners. And um, Grant, I don't want to overstate the reality of the situation, but every day we get a little closer to TCU football this fall. We do. Uh, I saw a friend of mine text me the other day, it's 100 days until Labor Day weekend. Um, I know that because we have a big fantasy football draft this weekend. So, And that's always the first weekend of college football normally. So there's about 100 days left until TCU kicks off. Have which you is a, seen, a big milestone. Have you seen the Labor Day slate? Uh, so, okay, I'm going to assume this is opening weekend, right? Yes. Okay, yes, I, I mean, I mean, like Central Arkansas might play UAB again before that. I don't know, but but the, the ESPN right, but, Labor but, but, Day slate. Yeah, I have, yeah. So what, we have Georgia Clemson, uh, Louis, what's the funny one? It's like Louisville and somebody weird. Okay, Ole Miss. Lu- one, I don't know why you that's say that's going to be a fun game. I don't know why you say Louisville, but Louisville, Louisville. Excuse you gotta me, get, I'm sorry. You got to get a little something stuck in your throat, Louisville. <laughs> Hold on, let me try it again. Louisville and Ole Miss. Uh, Alabama, who's Alabama? Alabama okay, so, so here, here's how it goes. Saturday, Saturday afternoon okay, is Alabama-Miami. Saturday Miami, evening is Georgia and Clemson. Sunday, Notre Dame is playing on the Lord's Day, which is just atrocious to me. They're playing <laughs> Florida State. And uh, Louisville Ole Miss is that that weird, very drunk Monday night game, that Labor Day game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure Ole Miss and, and Florida State played that game in like 2016, and and they were up and they lost. Uh, so like I have high yeah. hopes for Ole Miss on Labor Day. Um, there, there's also a couple other ones like LSU UCLA is a game that's happening that's week yes, that weekend. That's just it sure is. You just you just don't know, man. You just there, there's there a lot is. of uncertainty there. There is. Uh, I think Boise UCF is the other one. Boise UCF is there. There is also a uh, a game that um, one of our friends, either Split Zone Duo or uh, Shutdown Fullcast, pointed out. Um, it's Appalachian State versus somebody, and I think they play on it's Thursday. Eastern. No, it's App Eastern. It's I Eastern, think, right? Yeah, it's, that's, yeah. It's, it's App Eastern. Um, App's going to beat the shit out of them, but it's interesting because it's football. But I think they're playing. I think, I think the reason it's fun, interesting man. is because it's like. Eastern Carolina is in the east of the state and App State is in the west of the state and they're playing in the middle of the state. And so I think that's the novel aspect there. Yeah, it is. I, yes, I have ties to App State. Uh, shout out my dad. I spent a semester with the Mountaineers before dropping out. I think he made all C's, um, but it's a beautiful part of North Carolina. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be a fun game. It's kind of a, a nice appetizer, a stuffed jalapeno, if you will, before we get to the uh, filet mignon of Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I mean, the, the, the UAB Central Arkansas game 
to start the season last year was not a good game. And I still had a ton no. of fun. Uh, and so I'm, I'm going to watch the hell out of App State ECU. And, and again, despite what the ESPN suits want to tell me, college football is not a game in the Superdome on Monday night that starts at 9.15. It is App State at ECU on a Thursday night. And so I'm going to celebrate well, that. It's App State ECU at uh, Bank of America Stadium. Uh, okay. All right. All right. That was a bad example. I know. I know. It's fine. You ruined my Gary P. Nunn. I was going to go to say that it's another burrito. It's cold Lone Star in my hand, but that's fine. Just kill my comedic timing, Grant. Uh, I wish I was in Austin uh, at the Chili Parlor bar drinking Mad Dog Margaritas. Um, no, it's not Gary P. Nunn, but you know, same same frame of reference. Um, before we get to a bit of TCU football news, Parker, and I know we also want to talk about a little bit of scheduling, uh, looking forward for the B12. We should talk about TCU baseball just for a minute, which I know uh, everyone was so happy with all the research that went into our last podcast when we talked about TCU baseball I'm and uh, the really in-depth breakdown that we did. Um, they won today. Walk off. Uh, seven, seven to six come from behind victory. Uh, beats Kansas State. Um, the Frogs pretty much ended the season like a turd in a punch bowl, but I think they have a chance to kind of ride the momentum of today. And uh, they'll play Texas Tech which has traditionally been a pretty strong rivalry. And Tim Tadlock just did get pretty much a lifetime contract with the Red Raiders. So at least there's no uncertainty there for them. But uh, I'm, I'm happy TCU didn't just absolutely tank uh, in the first game of the Big 12 tournament. Well, I'd say they tanked and came back from came back from despair. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's just like hard to... They're good. They're obviously talented. They obviously have good talent. It just comes down to, I mean, you have the talent, you should win these games. Like you should not have lost two of four to Kansas state. Uh, that's just, that's dumb. You shouldn't, you, you lost one to Kansas. You shouldn't have dropped. Uh, that would have given you the big 12 title outright. And so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm jaded with TCU baseball in a way that I'm not jaded with TCU football. Um, and, and admittedly, like, it's easier to be cynical about this. Like they're winning and we're complacent and they've been winning for so long, but it just shocks me that with all the talent that's come through TCU, that Jim Sloshnagel has not won a national championship. Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. You are the year. And I, I say this and I think I have a bias to it because I was there covering it, which I like to remind people as often as I can, uh, 2016 TCU should have won that college World series and they lost to coastal Carolina, who was on the heater of all heaters. But that was the year, and they kind of ran into some hot pitching. And the same thing happened next year when Alex Fieda beat him twice from Florida. Um, but it, uh, those two years were TCU's best shot, and they just didn't get it done. Reminds you a lot, uh, again, going to my own personal biases, when North Carolina lost twice in the College World Series in a row, I think to South Carolina and Oregon State, and they haven't been back since. And I think at this point you have to wonder if, if the window might be closing for the Frogs. Um, which is disappointing because Schlossnagel uh, is a good coach. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. All, all I'll do is use this opportunity to advocate for like, don't take Porter Brown out. Porter Brown is fun as hell. Porter Brown's a good baseball player. If you're, if you're substituting for like stuff like that, you need to, you need to think about your life. Um, yeah. yeah. I, and again, you threw out, you know, against Kansas state today, it, it, it paid off because you scored enough runs against Kansas state's depleted and bad bullpen. But like you threw out a third tier starter in a game that you absolutely had to win. I don't, I don't know, man. No, um, I know. I understand. Somebody yell at me on Twitter uh, for this. I'm, I'm just, uh, I don't have good analysis about TZ baseball right now. I'm just jaded. I don't know. I understand. Well, Hey, let's talk football. Let, let, let's, let's bring it back into your, into your happy place. Um, Parker, you have been ahead of me on this story, and so I will let you uh, do the analysis of it, but I will bring it to everyone's attention in case you've been living under a rock. Uh, we have some Cruton news, which I know everyone loves. Uh, Shadrach Banks is transferring from Texas A&M or to decommitting, whatever, and coming to TCU. Uh, Parker, put your journalist hat on and give me the story here. Why should I be excited about Banks uh, coming to Fort Worth? Okay, one, how dare you insinuate I would demean myself to the level of journalist. Two, I don't ever have anything official. I just, people tell me things sometimes. And mm, that's, uh, there was a good idea that Banks was going to end up at TCU. Like, kind of knew, kind of could read between the signs and read between the lines, rather. Um, what's funny is that 
Shedrack Banks is going to come play linebacker and Marcel friggin' right. books is going to play wide receiver. Well, so, so, so that's what confuses me because I, I, I was familiar with the name and I know it went to, to North shore, which is just an absolute powerhouse in Texas high school football. I think they won the last two state titles. Um, it's also where Zach Evans is from. Those but are not I, unrelated. They aren't. No, uh, and, absolutely and, not. And I think I tweeted at some point, kind of when I, when we were we were we were more than more than like fifty percent sure that Banks was coming to TCU. I tweeted the uh, the GIF of you, you know the um, Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer like claymation special. Uh, I do, yeah. And he goes to the Island of Misfit Toys, and there's like the elf, mm-hmm. and there. And I just tweeted the Island of Misfit Toys, and that's kind of unfair, but it is a little bit of like TCU is saying like, hey, give me your poor, your recruiting weary, and uh, and I'll give you rest, man. And like, I think there's something to be said about that. Shadrack Banks is you know six one two thirty, so he's like a very mm-hmm. big wide receiver, somebody who could come in and plug in and and play in a very you know, a very demanding four, two, five scheme. That's going to require a linebacker to make run fits, but also get in pass coverage when he's stuck and, and make decisions when he's in conflict. And so I think what's, what's funny about it is like, if you, if you, you know, you looked at 2019, for instance, and you saw Shadrach Banks still in high school and Marcel Brooks at LSU, you would say, Oh, one of these is a wide receiver. One of these is a linebacker. No big deal. You start thinking about how TCU uses players and you look at, well, Marcel Brooks is really good at just let me get in there and get to the quarterback. And in the four two five or in Gary Patterson's defense, you 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 can't just one track mind like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. You you've got to you've got to play the entire system. And and it's not that that Marcel Brooks couldn't. It's just that Marcel Brooks' right. skill set was let me pin my ears back, and that can be molded into something on offense where hey, let me get the ball in space and, and go. Whereas Shadrach Banks's game is a little bit more physical, and so weirdly enough a physical high school wide receiver might actually be, you know, more suited tight end. I don't know. He's two, he's two thirty. Uh, might, might be more suited to kind of this hybrid linebacker role that, that is required in the, in the TCU defense. So what I'm hearing is Quentin Johnston edge rusher. If he gained 60 pounds, dude, I think he really could. Do uh, it. Honestly, no, I, I, I think I take Quentin Johnston would make more money in the NFL as a edge rusher than he would as a wide receiver. Probably would. Uh, no, I, I think that's that's really sound analysis. I, 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 as far as the Island of Misfit Toys go, um, if the Misfit Toys are five stars and four stars that um, programs don't want, then by all means send them TCU's way. I haven't heard of any major character issues with Shadrach. Uh, I, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his uh, name well, slightly. Okay. And I, I don't Can mean I just... to do so, but. The character issue bullshit. No, sorry. I know that's lazy. I'm no, sorry. That's, that's, that's not on you. I just, I just, I that's just, not you. Yeah. Uh, but like I got a DM the other day. One, I closed my DMs partly because of stuff like this. But like Jeff Gladney did something stupid and somebody DM'd yes. me and they were like, hey, did, did Gladney have any signs of character flaws in college? And I was like, no, I didn't know that Jeff Gladney was going to allegedly beat his girlfriend when he was in college. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Like, what the hell is that? And so you look at like, the Marcel Brooks quote unquote rumors were basically negging from Texas boosters who were pissed that he didn't go to Texas. Uh, and they're unsubstantiated, not no, no evidence, right. no one, no one willing to say, yes, this actually happened. And then you look at like the Zach Evans stuff and like, um, Zach Evans is a special person. Uh, I don't, I don't mean that to like demean him. I'm just saying Zach Evans is not your typical alpha male no. college athlete. Um, and I, and I like that. I think he's a weirdo. And I mean that as a compliment. Um, Yo, I, first off, let me say this right now. This podcast loves weirdos. Yeah. Big, big we fan. are a hundred percent weirdo centric. Big fan. And and so look, dude, if you like drawing wolves, hell yeah. I like, I want to see some Zach Evans drawings, but uh, does he issues, like drawing wolves? Dude. It's a thing. Uh, really? We're going to, I'm going to get my hands on a Zach Evans drawing. It's going to happen, dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm very into that. Uh, but, but like his character issues were, his coach like tried to take away his cell phone and they argued about it, which isn't like smart for a high schooler to do, but also it wasn't obvious that like everyone else on the bus was giving up their cell phone. And so Evans was like mad about that. And then he and the coach clashed three or four times. And then he signed with Georgia and Georgia had like oversigned anyway. And so then this character issues stuff came out 
And then a lot of that was like, he was supposed to go to A&M and he didn't go to A&M. And guess what? If he's not going to A&M, he must be bad. And so that, that's where this, mm-hmm. some of this shit kind of comes out. Um, I guess we're putting the explicit tag on this one. Sorry. But like, well. and, and so the same thing with banks, I think, I think there's a lot of in, in Texas for players from Texas, the, I don't think the rule of like, Oh, if you transfer, there's something wrong with you holds i think that holds less and less uh i mean there, there's obvious examples like tyler show wouldn't have transferred from oregon if he was actually the top five pick in the draft in 2022 like there, there's examples where hey if you transfer hmm, i've got some red flags but like athletes from texas who haven't played who are going to different schools i just less and less that's the case where there's something wrong with them and more and more it's the case where like hey fit really really matters and some of these kids right. are smart enough to say like hey this this doesn't work for me uh, so, so I'm, I'm not worried about like character or anything. I, I think that's overblown. And, and, and again, that's not you, Grant. I'm just saying, I just have heard that as well. And a lot of no, that is like, no, Hey, we mean. didn't get him. So obviously it's because he's done something terrible or something stupid. Like no, TCU has a long I mean, history of not punishing people who have done terrible things. Like, I don't, I don't know where that narrative kind of has teeth. Really but either. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't need to go down that road, but I think that narrative is, is, I'm not going to say provably false because we don't know everything, but I think it's, it's certainly not set in stone. Um, also, uh, Georgia oversigning. Who said Kirby Smart didn't learn anything from Nick Saban? Uh, you know, the apple does not fall far from that particular very short tree. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> look, no Saban, no Saban assistant has been able to like do the thing except for Kirby and Kirby's only kind of done the thing. So and has he done the thing? Yeah, he made the playoff. I don't dude. think he's done the thing. He made the playoff. Okay. Okay. No, that, that is, that is better. That is better success than any other Saban assistant. It is, but all, uh, it is. I know. I, I, and I'm a Saban apologist, but um, yeah, I, I don't think he's done the thing, but that's fine. Yeah, like we I mean, can know I mean, this. This is not a Georgia podcast. I'm just saying that, like, I, I. Hello and welcome to another episode of Georgia Theory. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Scarlet Theory or whatever they call. It. Welcome to Between the Hedges, a Georgia podcast. <laughs> um, I no, I, I just I, I don't have any faith in that program whatsoever. There, it, it's a lot like in, in college basketball. We talk about Gonzaga, like they're, and I know Georgia's like a powerhouse in the SEC, like a, a major conference program, but. Um, so I guess a better example, a better example would be Virginia. Like before Virginia won, and of course they did win, so I've been proven wrong. But until Virginia won, I would never pick Virginia because I never thought they had what it took. And with Georgia, I think it's kind of the same way. Until you prove me wrong, I'm not going to pick you because I, I don't think they they have it. Yeah, I think, That's, I think that, that's that is a, that is a very sports radio take, <clears throat> and probably not like advanced stats based, but also I believe it to my core, and I will defend it. So. Well, I, I mean, I think there is a stats argument of like, hey, if you try and play the and and they're trying to fix this with Munkin and going explosive and a, sure. a transfer quarterback, but it's like, hey, if you try and play defense and ball control, your ceiling is there. Like it's you can't yep. get around that ceiling. Your floor might be real high, but your ceiling is is there. So, yeah. Well, I don't know how I, this is partly my fault that we got from Banks to Georgia, um, but I, I will say this, Parker, and I, I think I speak for the Purple Theory podcast here. I'm excited to have Shadrach Banks on the TCU football roster. Yeah, yeah, it's it's important to note. I don't. He's not like going to come in and start at no. <laughs> like maybe no. he'll play some, and then next year he'll contribute. But uh, one because Gary doesn't play new people, but two mm-hmm. because TCU's defense is very weird, and you have to learn it. And if you've been playing offense for a while, you you're going to have a learning curve. So I don't expect anything out of Shadrach Banks now, other than like mm, this is a shiny toy. But um, yeah. yeah. I, w- I would rather have him than not have him. Get it, it, gun to my head. Yes. <laughs> I would take, I would take yes. Banks. If, if you ask me, would you rather have Shadrach Banks on the roster or not? I would say, yes, I would have him on the roster. Um, unless he's playing like punter or something, which I don't think he has experience in. Um, and plus we have Jordy Sandy. So why, why would we need him? Um, okay. Uh, Parker, we're talking about TCU. Let's expand our, our, microscope here a little bit and uh you wrote a great piece this week over on the purple theory substack again it's purple theory.substack.com for those interested uh, about power rankings vegas style it was an okay and uh yeah, well well listen everything you write's great buddy um there are a couple of things i want to talk about you, everyone should read the piece 
I want to talk about a tweet you sent, which kind of applied to the piece first. Uh, you went to, to DraftKings.com. Parker, they used to call you the Draft King in high school, right? No, my, my, my nickname was the Bulldog until about uh, ah. 10th grade when we thought, hey, it's weird to call people <laughs> nicknames anymore. This really is a Georgia podcast. Um, it's, <laughs> but you, tweet, you, you went to DraftKings and you got the over-under win totals for the Big 12. Um, let's play a little over-under. What's you? Yeah, so so, so for, for the uninitiated, so DraftKings, so we're we're looking at early futures. This this is kind of nonsense, but they're releasing right now, and these are these are win totals that they're saying, hey, here's the line. Do you think a team's going to win more or less in these games, and you can bet on them? Uh, and and DraftKings is releasing, you know, people are releasing stuff left and right. I'm sure there's other ones, but this was just one that caught my eye, and so I tweeted out. So yeah, let's let's play over under and 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 walk through them. Parker, uh, I know we do a lot of explain it to an idiot, but did you just mansplain over under to our audience? No, I'm just trying to be accessible to people who may not know about vetting. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, okay, do you want to start at the top or the bottom? I, I want to start at the bottom because it's more fun. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Okay, the over under for the Kansas Jayhawks Don't is do this one. One win for Kansas. In 2021, we will not go in depth with every schedule um, because that would take too long. And it's probably a podcast in and of itself that I would wager that we do later this year. But for the Kansas Jayhawks, I'm pulling up their schedule right now. I want you to to find me two wins because I think I might take the over. No, dude. Okay, okay so okay. South Dakota, you get you got to beat. South never mind. Dakota I, never months. mind. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at their schedule. Never mind. They're not going to do it. I, I, Duke sucks, man. No, no, Duke sucks. Duke is in disarray. They're gonna have to make. They're gonna have to look in the mirror and make some long, uh, long look in the mirror and make some decisions this fall. So, like maybe, but that's in Durham. I'm not putting money on that. Parker, do you know? I know you know because I know you're looking. Do you know who their uh, second non-con game is? Well, it's Coastal, right? Yes. Why? Okay. Well, they did home and home, or they did they did. Um, I know. I'm asking why they chose. to I don't do know. That. Yeah. So if I was Kansas, I would be scheduling somebody who's ass and not this, but and not also, Coastal. I will say, I'm grimacing. Um. Grant, do you remember last year that two things happened? One, the perhaps second best non-con, or mm, sorry, I said that totally wrong. The second best power five, golly, over two. All right, I'm not going to strike out. Here we go. The Come second right best group of five team agreed to play Coastal Carolina, and they signed the contract on the Thursday before the game was on Saturday. I do remember that, yeah. So BYU, and they lost to Coastal on a last-minute play um, by not scoring on the last minute. Like, you know, 1998 or 99, you know, Rams, Titans, touchdown kind of a deal. Uh Uh, And then another thing happened to them. They got slated to play – their game against Liberty got canceled, and they got slated Mm -hmm. to play Liberty in a bowl game. Grant, do you know Mm -hmm. who Liberty's head coach is? Uh, Hugh Freeze. Do you know what conference Hugh Freeze has success in historically? Define success, but we, uh, the SEC. Uh, do you know who the first coach to have a week or more than a week? The first good coach to have a week to prepare for Coastal Carolina's offense was all season last year? Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze. And what happened? I literally don't remember, but I think they, won. they beat him pretty. They beat. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they won. Uh, yeah, they beat him pretty bad. Hugh, yeah. Hugh, Hugh Freeze beat him. Pretty, and Malik Wills. Oh, uh, Hugh, wait, good. Hugh Freeze won. Oh, no, Liberty. Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, Liberty uh, won. Liberty won pretty. Good. Oh, sorry, that was a long time ago. I'm not yeah, showing yeah. my ignorance. I, I don't. Yeah, that's my bad. And so all I'll say about that is that is not a guaranteed ass whooping because Coastal Carolina does oh. not have a talent advantage over Kansas. Grant, look me in the eyes over Zoom. Coastal Carolina right doesn't now. have a I talent advantage. I, I legitimately do not think that's true. Over Kansas. Um, I don't think that's true, but that's So fine. I'm just saying that's not a guaranteed ass whooping. I, I think if they don't beat Duke, uh, I mean, it's Duke. Duke's the game they have to win. 
They're not going to win a Big 12 game. Okay, I'm staking my claim. I think they're going to beat Duke. I'm taking the over. Duke sucks. I was all set to take the over because I believe in Lance Leopold. And I think Gibson's for three. If, if the boosters and the new AD will allow him to get in the muck and rebuild that program, give him two or three years, and they'll win four or five games, which is a monumental achievement. Well, absolutely. And, but, I, and I, I think I was talking about like, he needs the, you know, the, the Mark Stoops, Kentucky contract where it's like, Hey man, you do X, Y, and Z. We're going to extend you. Like we're not expecting yeah. you to win eight games, but I mean, man, I don't like to live this life, but like Jalen Daniels was, you know, <laughs> Parker, we're not talking ourselves into Jalen Daniels. There's no way they went. I, I, I was all set to take the over until I looked at the schedule. They're not going to win two games. <laughs> I don't, yeah, and if they do, it, it it will be very very funny if they do, as long as it's not TCU. Um, their oh, their homecoming is Texas Tech, and I think Texas Tech will be ass. So that's fine. I I'm like rooting for Texas Tech to be ass at this point, uh, just because Me I, too, like, it's just gonna be. There's funnier. a world where I can be like, hey, you brought in somebody who's gonna actually run like the screens and goes stuff you want to run. You brought in a quarterback who could like theoretically do this. You have an offensive line that's really experienced. Eric Izukama is like, so I guess this is, this transitions into our next one on the line. What's Texas yeah, Tech exactly. over under? Yep. Over under? Uh, Texas Tech over under is 4.5. I'm taking the under. <laughs> no, they have Houston in the non-con. So uh, I'm taking the under there, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely an under. But so uh, I could talk okay. myself like into that, but, but everyone is, I mean, freaking FPI had Texas Tech in the top 25. What are we, what are we doing here, dude? No, it. I. I have no idea. Okay, um, that's that's all okay. the time I want to spend yeah. on Texas. Yes. Yeah, let's no. Let's okay. Let's rapid fire through a couple. Uh, okay. Baylor five and a half. Well, this is hard because I gotta like look at schedules, but um, I know. But like, I'm trying to think because it'll probably be will it be Zeno a quarterback or will it be a uh, um uh, because I, think, I can't. I think it'll be name. Jerry Bohannon. Yeah, but Bohannon's like he's been injured. He hadn't really. He didn't. He didn't show out as much as we expected. I, I just want to say, injury has not stopped Baylor from putting a quarterback on the field. That's, well, that's a good point. We saw how it worked <laughs> with Charlie Brewer. But uh, I, I I think it's under, and that's not me being a homer. And only I know because three straight unders. but Only because I think Texas State is losable. I don't think they'll lose Texas State, but I think but it's it losable, losable, which says a lot yeah. about their program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kansas State at five and a half. Give me the over. Yeah, I'm taking over. Yeah, I think they'll Chris beat Stanford, Stanford dude. Hell. I do too. I absolutely do. Um, West although, although I'll half. tell you, circle this game. Go ahead. Nevada is like the air raidinest air raid team. Uh, oh, yeah. they're spicy as hell. And if if Kansas like stumbles on a couple drives, they could find themselves in a hole against Nevada real quick. That is going to be. You want to talk about a clash of styles? Nevada versus Kansas State is. I mean, the old versus the new. Yeah. Um, Next up, West Virginia, over under six and a half. Under, dude. I don't understand that at all. People are hyping West Virginia. It Man. is weird. Like, there is a movement to back West Virginia to be, like, the third best team in the conference. Okay. Have you looked at their schedule? Uh, don't. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. okay. Their non-con opponent is Long Island University. Do you know the mascot? Uh, oh, yeah. They, well, if it's the same – is it LAU Brooklyn? Uh, are, they, are they the Blackbirds? No, it's not LA Brooklyn. That was kind of unfair. Okay, it's just okay. LA. No, I don't know who Long Island is. Uh, the Sharks. Oh, hell yeah. Which All is right, a great one. Right, that's awesome. Uh, their non con uh, is Maryland, LIU, and Virginia Tech. So they're going one and two. You know that Amelia Clark gif? Like, I, I don't really watch uh-huh, Game of uh-huh, Thrones, no, but she's like, that's, yeah, that's my no, face right now. Yeah. Uh, fun fact there's a high school in my county whose uh, mascot is the Sharks. Shout out Palacios High School. David Grove from Palacios. Nice girl. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, who is next? Uh, oh, TCU. Seven. They didn't even give us a half game. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Parker, I'm taking the over. I'm I, taking Grant, the over. I can't. Dude. Okay, so I'm like, I, I'm like two levels on this. One, if TCU doesn't hit the over, what are we doing here? Um, yeah, right. We have to hit the over. At this point. <laughs> I, I need us to hit the over. Like, like, it's not it's not a want it is a need my my like emotional stability needs us to take over but like they have to they I have just, to. 
SMU in transition. Cal yeah. had, Cal is not good. No. So you get three non-con wins. Surely you can win five games in the freaking conference. Yeah, you beat the five teams that are below them. West Virginia, Kansas State, Baylor, Texas Tech, Kansas. And like, that's you should. Eight, I mean, and then eight. you could probably cause cause Gundy's or Patterson's in Gundy's head, you'd probably yes. steal Oklahoma State too. Like I can see six and three so easy. Yes, man. It I, we don't need to get into me on Iowa State, but yeah, no. That's hey, an over. Seven's an insult. Seven's an insult. I'm, I'll go I'm, there, I'm, I'm I'll go there if you want me to. Um, we're going we're gonna to do a podcast where we actually break down TC's schedule, but yeah. I know, but yes, I, we're taking it over. Um, you mentioned it. They're above TCU here. Oklahoma State, seven and a half with the over. I assume that's just based on projecting Spencer Sanders to be a better quarterback than he was last year. But, Dude, they uh, lost a ton on defense, though. I'm taking the under. Did. I know. That secondary was really good last year, especially at their safety level, um, and they're not there anymore. So, also they play at Boise. What are you doing, dude? What the? Hell? I, I know we had the explicit tag on this, but what the hell are they thinking? Playing a hell, hell is in the Bible. They can't find us for that. Yeah, well, I know. I was gonna say a, a dirtier word. Um, I, it, I don't like Mike Gundy as a person, but as a coach, I do think he's really good. So it's hard for me to project him to win fewer than eight games, but I'm very tempted to take the under. They have to go at Texas, at Iowa State, at West Virginia, at Texas Tech. Yeah, uh, well, Tech doesn't bother me that much, but yeah. Well, Lubbock's weird. I'm not going to – Tech might be bad, but Lubbock's weird. That's true. Um, That was like a one-score game. I I think you forget that. That was like a one-score game, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech last year. Granted, Texas Tech scored a garbage-time touchdown – but that game was like fourth quarter competitive. Yeah. It was. It was. Um, Texas, eight wins in push. Steve Sarkeesian's first year. Push. I don't freaking know, man. I don't know. Push almost seems right. I, I, I have no idea how to read it. I think there's a lot of talent. I think they've also lost a lot of talent. Um, Bichon scares me. Their wide receiver core is not going to be up to snuff. Right. So, so, so eight eight wins, eight wins for Texas is Louisiana, Arkansas, Rice, Texas Tech. Do you think they'll beat Arkansas? Kansas, West Virginia, Kansas State. That's eight. I think they will beat Arkansas. I think Arkansas is very fun. I think Arkansas is not where they want to be yet. So is Texas. Or neither is Texas. However, we should Texas has that. an offensive line, and they've got defense. Yeah, that's the I, that's the I, issue, I, right? No. They I, don't have to yeah, do the it, pipeline cleansing that Arkansas had to do. So those are eight, quote unquote, like their eight best opportunities to win. I think they drop one of those games. I'm taking the under. And um, so that 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 gets you kind of under there, yeah. But yeah. I, I'm I'm push. I don't, I honestly don't know. Yeah, that that's probably fair. Um, Iowa State nine and a half. Under, dude, send that to freaking hell. Yeah, yeah. At, at this point, we've said under a lot, so I'm, uh, our math is not going to work. And eventually, we'll do a, a podcast where we try to figure out what. No, but we have non-con. Go, but... Iowa State's going to lose to Iowa, dude. Like, oh, they always do. El Asico is the most fun game of the year. It, it's like a oh, what's the game? Um, but it's the most fun game of the year, and that Iowa beats Iowa State. It's like a Pedlo. Um, or no, not Bedlam. Yeah, yeah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. It's great. You never know what's going to happen. Is Oklahoma going to win by a lot or a little? And that's to be fair, that happens everyone versus Oklahoma. But Well, that's true, but um, it's fair. But, yes, no, I'm taking it under there. Uh, and so we've arrived. Oklahoma, 11. Oh, I'm man. taking the over. Rattler's very good. They have a defense, too. Yeah, they're, they brought in two – Offensive line guys who are just going to be excellent. Mike Woods from Arkansas is going to be really annoying. Uh, yeah, the 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 Nick Benito is going to kill Big Twelve quarterback. Like at least one. It's probably going to be Jalen Daniels just against Kansas. But like, <laughs> it will be Nick Benito is going to kill a Big Twelve quarterback this year. Do you know? Do you know Oklahoma's knock on? I have it pulled up. Nebraska. Hold on. Which is terrifying for. The Cornhuskers, why would you schedule that game, you morons? Money. Um, well, yes. Are they playing Army again? No, they're not playing Army. They're playing uh, – no. no, I don't know. Hit me. Okay. So th- th- their FCS game is Western Carolina. 
their leadoff game of the season is at Tulane. Okay, I actually heard that Oklahoma fans were buying season tickets to Tulane to guarantee they had an OU Tulane. Which that to does me, not surprise me at all. That is genius on the part of Tulane yes. to be like, yeah, dude, yeah, you could pay. Yeah, yeah come on, we'll take let's your money. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, okay, that is our over under. Well, okay, give me an answer. Are you taking the over for Oklahoma? Yeah, I think yeah, you're going okay. undefeated. I think you're going to playoff. Yeah. Okay. Um, that segment took more time than we intended, but uh, you are listening live to us planning a podcast. Uh, Parker, let us transition. When we talk about non-con opponents, I know we want to talk about TCU's non-con schedule. Well, this is where forward. we this is where we do an ad break if we were like soulless corporate shills. But uh-huh. now, hold on, so. um, uh, buy a Shiner beer. It is good. It's like okay. a local like craft brewery. Like it's kind of obscure. You probably haven't heard of it. I have a, a Shiner bottle opener on my keychain that I got when I was 18 and I've had it since um, from the brewery. Very great place. Go to uh, Shiner, Texas, technically the Spetzel brewery. A lot of people don't know that they, they do a half marathon. I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and again, they have a lot of tasting options there that are anyway. Okay. Um, TCU's non-con it's bad. Well, Thoughts? it's tough to talk about what it is. So from, from the horse's mouth, from the big man himself, TCU in the non-con likes to do one give me, one push, and one reach. One gimme, okay. one push, okay. and one reach. So, and so, uh, for instance, so- in like 2014, TCU played Samford at home, which is an FCS school. That's a gimme. Gimme. They played at SMU, which is technically their, their push. Push. And then they played Minnesota at home, which was their reach because it's another power five school. That kind of falls flat to me. Yeah. So this has a lot to do with something that I know you've been on the block on of our game versus SMU. And I I don't want to get into that right now because that's a whole other podcast about the value of TCU playing SMU. And and we discussed it before in prior episodes, but for the years going forward, SMU is going to be the push. Right. It's pretty much a lock-in game, the Iron Skiller. Which is I understand it. I don't I don't like it. I wish it was every other year at our place. Um, because F them, that's why. Like we don't we don't need no, to play a road game. We don't need to go to that friggin' high school stadium. I I, I agree. We're not but, doing that. No, you're no, you're fine. But 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 what I wanted to do is frame this conversation in terms of SMU is going to be the push. We don't have to like it. We we can argue the merits of it, but for now let's accept it as fact that every year moving forward, we're going to play SMU, and that's the quote-unquote push game, right? Then we'll have a Gibby against an FCS team. Um, you mentioned before, and I like this idea of playing local or, or regional HBCUs. I think that's great. Give them experience. Give them money. Yeah, so, so like, we'll to, to just, just toot that horn again because that's one of my better ideas. So, like, 2019 was UAPB. 2018 was Southern. Yeah. Was it Southern? You I'm mentioned checking. Sanford. Yep. Well, Sanford's well, not. So it's close. Yeah. Well, they're not. But uh, uh, 2017 was Jackson State. No, no, no. So, so yep. TCU went from 2017, 18, 19. They played three SWIAC schools. Yeah, yeah. And I like that. And, and I, I like that idea. And I, and I wish they would keep that up. I think at 22, it, it it goes to Tarleton State. And look, because those are basically transfers, right? Those are basically, we're taking yep. athletic dollars and giving them to you. I think it would be cooler to rotate through the SWIAC and kind of, uh, you know, get get local programs in there and also kind of subsidize them. But that's a, that's a minor issue. No, I agree. Um, but let's just take it as, as, as sort of a, you know, the Latin better than I do, but uh, just, just going into it, I was going to say prima facie or a priori and none of those are right, but um ex ante i don't know like before uh, yeah 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 uh tabula rasa i know that term um anyway so we'll have an fcs team we'll have smu and then we'll have a game it's p5 team in theory i don't hate it you want to give me win you play your cross metroplex rival fine but it's when we get to the power five games that I think TCU falls short. If they want to, if they want to be an elite program, they're not doing a good job of scheduling as such. Do we want to read off the non-cons? Because I haven't pulled up. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I can. Yeah, re- read me who's coming up. 
That's great. Okay. Okay. So this year we have Duquesne, Cal, and SMU. <laughs> Next year we'll Damn have. Damn it, Max Doggin. What are you doing back yes, there? He is knocking over my chest set. Um, he has a castle now. Um, oh, he's got a stick. He's just rumbling around. I apologize to all of our listeners. Uh, in 2002, we have at Colorado, home for Tarleton State. Shout out my old roommate, Joey. And then at SMU. 23, it's Colorado at home, Nichols State at home, and SMU at home. Apparently, they have three straight home games over the season in 2023. It happened every year. Uh, yeah. So, okay, I'm, 2024, I'm just going to read the, the, the P5 non-com. At Stanford, 2025 is at North Carolina. 2026 is home for UNC. 2027, home for Stanford. 2028, at Duke. 2029, Duke at home. 2030, <laughs> Purdue at home for the reciprocal from our home and home that we played in 2019. That we only scheduled because Ohio State backed out of the Correct. home and home. Into, in yeah, 11 years span okay. in a home and home. So, you, like, I don't know with the reach. Like, the reach game there, obviously you don't want to play Ohio State every year. You're, you're scheduling yourself out of contention if you do that. But, like, I, I like the Stanford um, theoretically, I like UNC, but also, man, what's UNC going to be in like five years? Like, that's not to say, you know, I'm not trying to make fun of like Mac Brown or anything, but you say like, Hey, there's a shelf life to like what they are. So I don't know. I, I would just like some more imagination in the scheduling. Um, I would, I would like to be a little bit more ambitious with that third game, but more importantly, I would love to rotate that, that SMU game to get us more you know, let's, let's get to some of the Louisiana G5s, man. Let's get out in front of some folks and help our recruiting. Um, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's get, let's play San Diego state. Let's play San Jose state. Let's get to the Californias um, and kind of get in front of some folks. And, 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 and so I just think that like, that could be more strategic than, Hey, these people are close. And historically there was a, there was a trophy. See, okay. Again, I think you and I vastly disagree on the value of the SMU rivalry, and that's totally fine. I, I think it's important to have a rival that you can normally beat up on, um, even if TCU did lose in 2019. But um, I agree with you on, on on the maximum picture, which is that we need to be more aggressive if we want to portray ourselves as an elite program in college football. North Carolina is not going to be good forever. Matt Brown's going to retire in the next five years and Stan Howell won't be there past 2021. Duke sucks. Uh, Purdue stinks. Stanford, who knows? And so at that point, you have no real value in who you're scheduling out of conference. Um, I mean, even Oklahoma, you know, a couple of years ago, scheduled Houston. They lost that game, but they took on Houston. And it hurt them in the end, but, you know, you kind of give them respect for scheduling it. Alabama will play a quote-unquote good P5 team each year, and they'll beat them because they're Alabama, but they do play those games. TCU just re- simply refuses to do so, and it's, it's very frustrating. I know Ohio State, they did play them. That's great. They got bullied into doing it at Jerry World instead of a home-and-home, and that's pretty much all we're going to get moving forward. I mean, before that, it was LSU in Jerry World in 2013. We lost that game, and I think I got gun-shy of scheduling it moving forward. Yeah, which is like why the Colorado thing just annoys me is like, right. if your goal, man, are we doing this? Are we doing this? We might be doing this. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I mean, if your goal is to hit a certain number of wins in your career, this is a fine way to do it. Oh, well, if your goal yeah. is to put together a nationally competitive resume and set yourself up to develop players and at the top of your development cycle compete nationally, I don't know what that, I don't, I don't know what that's doing. Uh, my sticking point, the one thing I'm mad about is like, dude, stop playing random ass schools. Um, ass schools. Sorry, I said ass schools. Oh, uh, no. That's my favorite bit. Yeah. But play, but dude, just just schedule schedule Texas, you know, and Tarleton's fine, but like schedule schedule the HBCUs. I, I think that's I think that's something that TCU should do. Um, I don't yeah, know that I need to like, elaborate on play- that. Well, yeah. instead of playing Duquesne, play play Prairie View, or instead of playing Duquesne, play Sam Houston. I mean, I know they're an elite, you know, FCS team, and you might be afraid of losing, but 
play them. They're in Texas. Do it. Well, if you can't beat Sam Houston, we're doing. But also, the flip side is go find funny names. So like Duquesne Dukes, boring, lame. Go find FCS schools who are bad, who have funny names, and reward them oh, for having that. funny names. Play the Delaware Blue Hens. Blue Hens are fun. Yeah, shout out to uh, Christina. Christina is the uh, data. She's like data science there. We're, we're buds on Twitter. So shout out to uh, I was going to say Joe Flacco, but yeah. I don't care about she, Joe Flacco. Yeah. Uh, who, who does? All right. So we can talk about the Delaware Blue Hens and their alumni for forever. But uh, let's get into some listener questions. Parker, I know you had some in the DMs. Am I right? Yeah, I had, had a couple um, here and there. So uh, uh, I'll go in order of... Uh, just as I see them. Okay, so the first question I have is from our, our friend, and I say friend in quotes, given this question, Philip from the 1012 podcast. And he kind of posts this, this chart on Twitter. You can go see it in my, in my mentions that has, you know, conference win percentage and number of blue chips. And the one he highlights is, you know, Kansas State conference win percentage since 2012, kind of the new big, the new big 12 era. Uh, 57.5% and they only have two blue chips, whereas TCU has 54.32% um, and, and 37 blue chips. And so um, one, I'll just say that the, the you know, I'm just going to kind of head this off. The difference between 54.32 and 57% is like two wins. And if you are going to hold, you know, 2012 where TCU had a drug bust and decided to actually punish, you know, a bad thing happened and TCU did what's really not common in college football. They, they, they punished a lot of players. Um, and if you want to hold 2013 where they lost, you know, five, one score games and were four and eight against Gary Patterson, um, that that's fine. You're allowed to do that. But I think there's enough mitigating circumstances, you know, Casey Paul also broke his freaking arm in 2013. Uh, and so if, if you want to hold those against Gary Patterson and be like, Oh, he's not, you know, he's underperforming. I, I, I can't really do much for you there. Um, I, I don't think that's like a, a good metric of, um, you know, is a coach underperforming or, or, you know, I think TC's quarterback pipeline is messed up, but like TC's defense has been one of the best in the conference literally every year they've been in the big 12. Like that hasn't been, that, that hasn't been untrue the entire time they've been in the big 12. So I don't, I don't really know um, what to do with that one. So I, I, I will weigh in here and say that I think that is actually a very fair criticism and that TCU has had a lot of talent past this program that for whatever reason has transferred out or not developed, especially not developed. It's not necessarily the fault of Gary as much as it is his assistance, but you can trace that back to Gary for hiring them and placing trust in them. So that is actually a criticism that I will completely agree with. Well, you're fired. Um, <laughs> Uh, another one, uh, big, big, sad <laughs> fan asked us two questions and they say, do you, do you think, uh, OU is better this year than they were last year? And the same for Iowa state. So Grant, what do you think? Is Oklahoma better than they were in 2020? And is Iowa state better than they were in 2020? In order? Yes. And no. Okay, Oklahoma no will be better this year than they are in 2020 because Spencer Rattler have another year under his belt. They have a ton of offensive talent returning they also have the defense that knows what it's doing uh iowa state i think it, it, i was gonna use a a very college football e phrase and i will try to refrain from doing so but just bear with me their offense isn't gimmicky but i think at this point matt campbell hasn't really shown any new wrinkles he's just had better players i think that he hasn't really um uh, adapted so I, I i think defenses will get wise to kind of what they're doing this season i think campbell should have left after this year he is a very good coach i just think that this is the year where uh, b12 defenses adapt to iowa state and they don't have the same success that they did in 2020 yeah i mean i i think ou being better is just obvious they had a freshman quarterback last year they were two third down drops away from going to the college football playoff last year and their defense got better in the offseason they added, you know, offensive line and, and receivers that, that really kind of changed the game. Um, Iowa State, I mean, I think they lost some important depth, even if they are returning a bunch of production. And so I, I don't know that they got better this offseason. I think in my returning at talent index that I, that I did for Football Outsiders, they actually kind of just barely treaded water. And so if you're treading water and everyone else gets better, you got worse, yeah. right? Uh, and so I think that's the case with Iowa state, which doesn't mean they're bad. 
just means like, Hey, other people got better and you didn't. And so that changes the dynamic relatively. You're going to be not as good this year. Mm. Um, even if win totals are the same, whatever it's saying like, Hey, the relative distance distance has changed. Although, you know, Iowa state had, um, four one score wins last year. So, yeah. And, uh, uh, and one of those was against a team that, uh, was starting Michael Collins. Matt Downing. I wish they were Matt Downing. Matt Sorry, God, my bad. Man. Gosh, that's my own fault. I, Here's I did my hot take. If, if TC had started Mike Collins instead of Matt Downing against Iowa State, they would have won. They would have won that game. Yep. They would have won that game. Yes, sir. Uh, you know what? That's on me. That's that's a mistake. I, I tried to block that first half out so badly that I forgot who the quarterback was. Um, big sad fans. Other question, by the way. Uh, does Marcel Brooks get much playing time in a pretty deep wide receiver room? Uh, I'll answer this in, in one word. No. A dream is a wish your heart makes. Who said that? I think that's Jiminy Cricket. and No, that's like a Disney princess. <laughs> I don't remember. It's in my head. Uh, I, I think it's uh, Wade Bowen who said, the sun shines on a dreamer. But uh, it would Eli Youngban said, keep on dreaming, even if it breaks your heart. So if you're attached that's to- That's true, uh, it did. Look, man, if you're, if you're attached to Marcel Brooks, if you want it to happen, you can believe. Um, I feel like a dream, I, a, wish, a dream is a wish your heart made. I'm, like, I'm Googling this real time. This is important. Go ahead. I, while you're doing that, I'm going to ask you a question I got via text. Uh, it's, it's from the other Parker, uh, Parker Wise, a friend of mine, uh, who asks, uh, how are you doing? Doing all right, Parker? Well, so important to note uh, three things. One, it's Cinderella, which makes me feel like oh, bad okay. that I remember that. Two, uh, he's Parker Wise, implying that I'm Parker Dumb. Um, three, yes. I'm doing all right. I, I'm. I, I got to tell you, the the ticks in Maine are just annoying. That's really been my biggest problem: is picking ticks off my dog. He's got the repellent. They bite him and they die, but then they, you know, they they irritate him. So we got to go and like pick him out. And every time we go outside, it feels like he's got another tick on him. So that's that's how I am with Max and Mosquito because it's rained a conservative I'm uh, making this up 14 inches in Bay City over the last two weeks and the mosquitoes are hell at the moment yeah um I'm looking I have like five questions in the dms and they're all kind of the same thing okay and so I'm going to attribute these to Susan who's a, a listener and a subscriber to the purple theory newsletter like all of you should be and and Susan asks a question that, that a lot of people have asked in in different ways but like when is TCU going to play to their potential on, on offense? They've had a ton of talented players on offense and defense. They've had draft picks in the last couple of years and, and there's been minimal results. So I'm going to frame this kind of twofold grant one. Why has TCU been underperforming the last couple of years? And two, is that going to change in 2021? Oh, I think that's a great question. I, I think lack of, or, so lack of innovation or unwillingness to innovate, which is something we've harped on on this podcast for a long time, and, and, and lack of willingness to adapt have really hurt the Horn Frogs on offense since 2014. I, I think when Boykin kind of had his breakout year and Dad Doxson and everything, it became, okay, this formula works and we're going to ride it until it doesn't. And it hadn't. And they refuse to sort of change and really look into the mirror and say, okay, this is our personnel. This is the potential that our personnel has. How do we uh, adapt to it? I think moving forward, I, I have hoped that the offense will play with strengths more, even if I don't like those strengths. Um, for example, our running back cores are really good. Uh, I think it, it, it is. I don't necessarily know that makes for the most exciting offense, but I, I think TCU can make a lot of gains running inside zone or just some sort of running offense with Meacham and Kill. But I, I, I don't know that we'll see under the current administration the offense play to 100% potential. I think with 90% potential, TCU can win 10 games with this defense, maybe 11. I think with 100, it's going to be kind of hard. That's honestly my read to it. Yeah, and I think that's an important point you make is like there, there's some complementary, complementary, complementarity, complementarity in, uh, in, in talent on, on the football field, right? Like obviously there's 11 guys on each side and it's in moving back and forth and then football's a game of inches, like all that. But you look at a guy like Jalen Rager, it feels like Jalen Rager underperformed in college football. Um, but a lot of that is just because, uh, I mean, 
TCU's quarterbacks were like laying on their backs for the majority of the time that they were trying to connect with him. And so it's not like Jalen Rager wasn't good and it's not like their quarterbacks weren't competent, but a lot of times he couldn't even get the ball because there was this huge hole in their offensive line. So like, I don't want to put everything on the offensive line. Cause obviously like Max Duggan, like your quarterback pipeline should have been such that Max Duggan didn't start in 2019. Um, and maybe even 2020. Uh, and so the fact that like that's screwed up, is just, there are issues on top of issues on top of issues. And we can go, you know, kind of all the way down and, and trace this out. But the biggest thing is, is, you know, TCU is recorded, uh, really, really highly at, uh, re- recruited really, really highly, excuse me, at running back, at safety, um, and at, at like outside receiver. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot more positions on the football field and, and some guys have not panned out one at, at, at safety. Like you look at like a tons of four mm-hmm. star really bumped up recruiting rankings, got hurt, didn't really learn the system. Like kind of, kind of struggle there. Like Sean Robinson, Justin Rogers didn't pan out. And so you have these high recruiting rankings. You think, man, there's a lot of talent, but there are some asterisks on those guys coming in. And, and, and you look at like, okay, if you have, you know, the best safety in the world, the best, wide receiver in the world and the best running back in the world. And you have a terrible offensive line made up of walk-ons. It doesn't matter. And, and, and that's mm-hmm. not the extreme that TCU has been at, but um, that is kind of the, it's, it's a caricature of the current situation. Um, do, yeah. So, so 2021, I think is really interesting. I, I don't want to be this guy and I'm not like, I, I don't have any lines to draw on the sand, but if 2021 is not the year you start performing two years, standard oh, or to your expectations I, when when is oh 2021 is the year no and, and that that's that's the mantra i mean that's they're, they're going to bring back most of these guys again for 2022 yeah. and we could talk about that but like if tcu is not back to a nationally respected program this year what are we doing man if, if they don't hit 10 wins well if they don't hit nine wins it's a problem i was gonna say i'm not i'm not signing up the double digits if tcu is not ten, flirting yeah. let me say that if tcu is not convincingly flirting with double digits yeah, it's it's a real issue. We're gonna um, have a different conversation. We are. Do you want to get it on a happy note? I have one more question. Yeah, don't let me don't let me wallow in that. That's great. Okay, this is from a, a relative of the podcast uh, at Will Brasher. Top three Steely Dan songs. We were talking about this before the pod. Uh, mine are uh, Kid Charlemagne, uh, Bodhisattva, and uh, I, I'm a huge sucker for Dirty Work. Okay, Dirty Work is one of those like guilty pleasure songs that I feel like you yeah, have to it's rank. not like it's not like, oh, it's not artistically great. It is a great song. But here's the thing: I don't care about artistic. I'm not going. I'm not going to Steely Dan because I care about musicianship. Um, You're the only person that's ever said that. No, like I like it, and they're good, and there's like this whole jazz thing that's going. You want to hear like, a, a, you know a, Asia and Deacon Blues and all that? I have to think about this because this is. Steely Dan is like the ultimate like yacht rock. Like I'm throwing it on and oh, listening yeah. to it. But like flip side, Asia is like a great album from from start to yes. finish. And so I have to think about this. Give me a second. Give me a second to uh, vamp while I just consider my. Life. I will vamp by saying that if uh, if you've seen the Oh Hello special on Netflix with uh, John Mulaney and Nick Kroll, they do a lot of Steely Dan bits, and that's kind of what got me into uh, the band. By the way, no one has ever had this conversation that's under forty years old until now. Uh, what's the best Steely Dan song? But um, I highly recommend Kids Charlemagne. Kanye sampled it for Champion. Uh, so do you realize that you are a champion in their eyes sample and uh, it, it in the context of the song which is about a guy that dealt acid in california the 1960s uh brilliant song guitar solo is fantastic highly recommend uh we'll just put you in a good mood for the rest of the day okay so i i don't think you can disagree with like dirty work and kid charlene i'm gonna throw one on you that's like a total dad move but like yeah my old school is, is a great song Oh no, it's great. Yeah, it's good. I feel weird. I feel weird that I need to like apologize for liking a Steely Dan song. It's like no, all Steely Dan. But, like I'm like, yes, I know it was like popular, it's not whatever, but I'm okay with so it. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Uh this podcast is a world of mysteries. Um Parker, is there anything else you want to say before we close this thing out? I know it's getting late up there on the uh East Coast. No, this has been a mess, but I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So um yeah, I'm gonna. I did. Uh, I did the podcast. I did the 1012 podcast today with uh, Philip and Cam Malore was on there with us, and we talked about Big 12 offensive lines. And I have done my friggin' homework, and so I'm gonna write my Big 12 offensive line preview. Should be up, uh, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sometime this week, because uh, I'm just gonna work through positions. 
And so look, look out for that. Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter. Um, just going to be cranking out some off season content. We will at some point this summer have a big announcement and we'll announce it in plenty of time. Be like, Hey, yes. we're turning the paid function back on. We're going to do more consistent content, but like, hopefully this off season has just been like, Hey, we're, we're putting some stuff out here and there, but like no pressure. We're not making you pay for us, you know, to put out two articles yeah. a month or whatever, but we're going to ramp up content in advance of the season. And so make sure you're subscribed. And again, all that money does is just make sure that we can carve out time to actually like do this and do this well. So yeah, it's, it's not like a, I, I, I feel so weird about like a sense of like egotism or superiority of like, you must pay for my content. But the reality is like, dude, if I dick around with football stuff at all time and I don't make any return on it, I'm going to, my life is going to go. Your, bad your wife is going to yell at you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And it, it, the calendar has also gotten much later than I realized it was because we were almost in June and it is almost time to do team previews which is honestly like my favorite part of the year that isn't watching actual games. Yeah. I don't know. We need to talk about whether we're going to do guests or what we're going to do for that, but I'm, I'm excited for it. I have so many, I have so many thoughts about big 12 teams and to get to like dive into them team by team is oh, going to be really fun. God, I can't, I legitimately can't wait. Okay. I'm calling it. This has been the purple theory podcast. My name is Grant McGalliard. You can find me on Twitter at Grant McGalliard spelled like it sounds with all those vowels. He is Parker Fleming. He is at Stats War. You can find his work all across the college football internet, but mostly at purpletheory.substack.com. Parker, it has been great talking to you. Have yourself a good night and go Frogs. Go Frogs. <laughs>